Well, thank you, everybody, for joining. It's a little bit lighter than I thought it would be, but it's understandable. So thank you very much. At least you get the chance to get off your feet for a little bit. And uh, anything that you could do to not fall asleep would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> if I could get a show of hands, how many people are familiar with voice-directed work technology out there? Okay, so we have probably about three quarters, I'd say. And if I uh, could, how many are in the food processing and other manufacturing industry where, okay, you're producing products, you have limited number of production lines maybe, correct? But you have to wait until most, if not all, product has been produced before you can begin or, or continue with the truckloading process. That is a use case that I've seen over the past several years uh, at commercial bakeries, snack food manufacturers, uh, egg distributors. So it's something that uh, we're looking to uh, you know, take the voice directed work technology outside the traditional four walls of the distribution center and ap apply it to manufacturing. So what I'd like to do, based on the uh, number of responses as to who's familiar with voice-directed work technology, I'll, the first couple of slides go into that. Uh, since about 25% of you are not really familiar with it, I'll, I'll make sure that I hit on some important parts, but we'll try to get to the, the food processing and other manufacturing part of the presentation as quickly as possible, okay? So basically, traditionally, voice-directed work technology has been used in distribution centers to pick product for shipment in the past uh, brick-and-mortar stores. If you purchase anything from Walmart, Target, 90% uh, of the grocery stores out there, chances are it's been picked with this technology. Once it's in uh, picked, it's the biggest cost center within distribution centers. So that's where we tend to see voice technology used most. But companies have expanded its use to put away replenishment, cycle counting, and other areas within the distribution center. And as of late, the technology is even being used for inspection purposes. Honeywell uses it to inspect jet engines. Uh, Penske Logistics uses it to inspect their fleet of trucks. Lufthansa uses it to inspect their airplanes, and there's other companies that are using it. Ryder, for example, and I think UPS. Feel free to jump in, raise your hand, ask any questions, okay? The benefits we've seen with voice over the years, anywhere from 10 to 35% increases in productivity. Hopefully, we can take those savings and apply them to lower labor costs. Yeah, we can increase productivity easily uh, by 15, 20% mostly, but it's what you do with those savings. So it's important, just because you may increase productivity by 15, 20%, 25%, 30%, doesn't mean you're necessarily reducing your labor cost. So that's the hard part, and that's uh, where we come in to help you out with that. Errors, the benefits of voice direct at work it's incredible to, to see the benefits it provides 
when it comes to mistakes. Uh, typically, we see about, a f depending on how you measure it, some fuzzy math involved, but typically what we see is about 50% increase in accuracy. And I deployed this, a voice-directed work solution when I worked at Pep Boys years and years, decades ago. And back then, the salesperson said to me, hey, you're going to see an increase in productivity. And I was like, obviously. But he said, you're also going to see an increase in accuracy. And I thought he was... I, I, I thought he was pulling my leg, like most salespeople, right? And uh, I said, how could we be more accurate? We're scanning today. But lo and behold, after we deployed the voice-directed work solution, accuracy increased by 45% and saved the company, continues to save the company about $3 million a year in accuracy improvements alone. And at the time, I, didn't, I was on the IT side of the fence. I didn't know why. I didn't know how. But I knew that I had to go joined this company called Vocalect, which is now Honeywell Voice. And the first prospective customer I visited was New Balance Shoes up in Massachusetts. And we're walking around watching a guy, he's got his cart, he's got his handheld scanner, stops to look at the scanner, tells him where to go, goes to that location, scans the barcode on the location, looks at the gun to see how many to pick, turns to put his gun down, and then turns back and put pick shoes from the wrong location. And I was like, wow, that's it? That's how Pep Boys increased accuracy? This person at New Balance took his eyes off the job, and because he did so, he made a mistake. So keeping your eyes on the job at hand is incredibly, incredibly effective for maintaining accuracy. Training time goes down. 50%. That's what every, almost every customer has told us. It takes a week to train somebody. It's going to take a day or two. If it takes a day to train somebody, it's going to take an hour or two with voice technology. So a very good use case for companies who have a lot of turnover. Training, can, training time can be a big benefit. Uh, turnover. People find that, hey, in this, you know, the, the job is easier with voice technology. It makes their job easier. They can pick faster. They can get out. And because they can pick faster, they can get out sooner. And that's powerful. Just deployed a solution up in uh, upstate New York. These guys love, on second shift especially, they love the technology because they're no longer forced to work until 3 o'clock in the morning. They can get out at 1.30, and they can join their friends at the bar, and uh, they love it just for that simple reason. And then safety incidents. I don't have really a lot of experience with the benefits, but uh, just keeping your, being able to keep your eyes and hands on the job at all times, similar to accuracy, lends itself to safety. Okay? Any questions? Before we get into our pallet or rack staging and truck loading uh, algorithm that I want to speak about for manufacturers. I just want to give a brief primer of Six Sigma process improvement benefits, or should I say waste? Okay? So, Six Sigma discipline, I'm sure you've all heard of it, was created for manufacturing, but it does correlate nicely with distribution. And what I mean by that is in manufacturing, one waste is defects. Anytime they produce a product and it's defective, that's waste. 
cost companies a lot of money. Well, in a distribution center, defects correlate to mistakes. Okay, we're not producing product in a distribution center, but we do make mistakes, and that's similar to defects. Overproduction is another waste in manufacturing. We correlate that to pure, I'm sorry, poor cube utilization, which means basically I have a trailer that's seven foot high and my pallets are only five feet high, I'm shipping two feet of air for each and every pallet. That's not good. It's considered overproduction. Weight and delay, anytime product is sitting somewhere, say for example, it's been picked and it's waiting to be shipped or it's waiting to be inducted to a conveyor, time is money, it's waste. Anytime you see product sitting where it shouldn't be, that's considered waste. And I can go down the list here, but uh, the one I wanted to focus on mostly for this discussion is too little or too much space. Too little space, what happens in manufacturing, especially when we have maybe just a few production lines, but a lot of product. So we have to produce one product before we can produce the next and the next. What happens is the product that was produced early on gets blocked by the product that's been produced later on. So what we have to do is to compensate for that lack of space, okay? Because we don't have all the space in the world, for the most part, to say, okay, if I'm a commercial baker, I can't put all my white, excuse me, all my wheat bread here, all my rolls here. You know, I have limited storage space for the most part, so whatever gets produced first is going to get blocked. Chances are it's going to get blocked with what gets produced afterwards. And that's what we're talking about today. Any questions? Want to drill down into the food industry challenges. For those of you who work in the industry, I'm sure you'll, you'll uh, find these, uh, some of these things uh, that you've already had to deal with. The plastic ban, we went from paper to plastic containers. And now we're going back to paper again. So that's a big challenge for a lot of food manufacturers. Uh, Meat-free veganism, obviously, giving customers what they want. If you don't give them what they want, somebody else will. So that's a big challenge. Regulatory compliance is always uh, something you know that uh, government agencies will consistently force manufacturers to uh, provide more and more information, uh, e-pedigree information, for example, so that uh, to prove that the the uh, food that is being consumed is safe. Uh, product traceability. Course is another one. Inventory management, I have that highlighted because that's what I want to focus on with uh, this presentation. Any questions? So basically within inventory management, the big challenges that we've been told are customer demand, getting the right product to the right customer at the right time. It's always a challenge. Lack of visibility, we always hear about lack of visibility. With voice systems, you know, they're mostly, uh, they mostly benefit companies uh, because they can reduce labor, to, labor costs and costs associated with mistakes. But 
I'll tell you, just about every prospective customer and customer that I've spoken with, they all want more visibility into their operations. So that's if they want, they want to know where their employees are, where the workers who are using the voice system are, how they're performing, so that they can pay them accordingly. And then inefficient processes. This is where voice-directed work technology really lends itself. It's, uh, you can do a lot more, a lot of other things like increased visibility, but when it comes down to inefficient processes, voice technology, you just don't put voice technology on top of an existing process. That's only going to get you maybe an 8% gain or so. But what we look to do is apply voice technology and also include process improvements within the software to get companies, you know, instead of maybe 10%, get them 15, 20, 25, 30, 35% increases in productivity. And that's what we're looking to do with this pallet slash rack staging and truck loading voice directed work application. As far as food and other manufacturing goes, those companies, those operations on the production side are oftentimes largely automated. They spend, companies spend a lot of money on the food produ production equipment automation. So I was at uh, Pepperidge Farm, and just to see the automation that they have on the production side is amazing. Then you look at the shipping side of the business, and they don't have any technology. It's amazing to see that. And the reason being is they view themselves as a food production company, not a distribution company. So it's important to obviously focus on your core competencies, but where you can apply technology and gain immense savings in other parts of the business, that's what we can do uh, with the voice-directed work technology. And the reason being is those distribution processes are way under-automated. And, and a lot of them also have limited pallet storage space, okay, temporary storage space, where we can put produced goods until it's time to load the outbound trucks. And I'm probably repeating myself, but again, you don't, I've been to numerous facilities and to see them move product to get to other product during the truck loading process or activity, it's just amazing. They just don't realize how much waste is involved with that. So we're gonna show you a, a simple animation that uh, I think highlights that type of situation well. A couple other things here. What I call, what I call uh, moving pallets or racks to get the other pallets or, or racks, I call them non-value-added moves. And that's a move that you do, but you shouldn't have to do. And those moves take time, money, resources, and if we can reduce or altogether eliminate non-value-added moves, we can save companies a lot of money. And the reason being is there's eight forms of waste that we looked at earlier. Moving pallets or racks to get to other pallets and racks causes almost every form of waste in an environment. So very important to uh, mitigate or altogether eliminate pallet moves 
uh, during the truck loading process. Any questions? Okay, see everybody's still awake. We had somebody raise their hand, but then he put it down real fast. Okay. Uh, so what can you do when you have limited storage space? You can go vertical, okay? You can blow out the, the, the sides of the building and expand, but that's costly, it's a headache. Uh, I'm sorry, you can go vertical, meaning you can stack pallets, sorry. You can add additional racking. You can go higher up in the air, which is good for a lot of companies. But then you have the extra time and motion associated with retrieving that product. So you really have to balance out the benefits uh, of, of doing something like that against the cons. Okay, we're going to increase our storage space. We're also going to increase the time it takes to put and retrieve product uh, to and from that storage space. So you really have to get down into the details and do the math. You can go horizontal, kick out the walls, add more uh, concrete, or more storage space, but that's obviously very expensive and a uh, big headache. You can relocate, okay? Let's, uh, you know, let's sell this building, let's buy a, you know, or lease a, another building and move all our equipment over there and you know, that way we'll have more space, but obviously that, there's a huge cost associated with that and uh, not to mention the headaches. So software to me is the uh, way to go. It really is. And, and I use a smartphone as an analogy. I mean, you look at a smartphone, I think you talk about most people, you know, where's the value in a smartphone? They look at, well, you know, um, you're connected 24 hours a day. Um, you know, you got, you got great camera where you can take photos. Um, all that stuff doesn't happen without the software that runs it. So to me, it all comes down to the software. Yeah, you do have um, a certain amount of value in the hardware portion of anything, especially any rare earth minerals that are in these devices. But ultimately, what, what, it comes, what makes these devices so expensive is the software that runs on them. So that's what we're looking to do is to leverage software to reduce cost in uh, companies that have a limited number of production lines and uh, therefore have problems with limited storage space. There, are, there is software out on the market these days that provide uh, somewhat automated loading of trucks. They optimize, but most of them, excuse me, most of them do probably top four, maybe top five or six of these items. And the reason being is they, those software packages, do not know what the physical layout of the facility is. Our solution allows companies to go in and enter the staging locations uh, how far or how close they are in proximity to the loading dock, and a couple other things that are um, somewhat outside the box, like virtual staging positions. So what happens is our software takes in both production schedules and daily orders, 
and uses that information along with what's been configured in the system to tell the system that, hey, this is what our facility looks like. This is what our staging area looks like. And I'll show you a, a couple more slides. I'll, I'll explain that in a little bit more detail. But our solution creates a virtual site. And when it receives the orders, it compares those orders against the production schedule and will allocate pallets to each and every staging position and any, any trucks that are backed up to the shipping dock at the time. And therefore, uh, minimize the chances that you need to move pallets or racks to get to other pallets and racks. It does this first by saying, okay, I want to keep product for the same routes and stops together, okay, regardless of what that product is. So, and I want to build out product in individual staging lanes, for example. A lot of facilities have staging lanes where they They'll deliver a, a rack or a pallet, and then the next rack or pallet goes in front of it, the next rack or pallet goes in front of it. Our software makes sure that we are slotting product for the same routes and the, and, and the same stops together so there's less of a chance that that product will be blocked because we're building it out. And uh, I'll go into a little bit more detail in, in, a, in a couple of slides. Any questions? It's, it's more like a transportation management system. That's a great question, though. It's more like a transportation management system because a transportation management system will take your, uh, the product that you've produced, and it will look at the, your customers that you need to deliver it to, and it will optimize the, uh, the way the trucks are loaded and the pass that, pass that those trucks take to the customers. So they're trying to, ma they're trying to maximize uh, or, or you're trying to minimize transportation cost. And we're kind of doing the same way here. Yes, there are some fundamentals associated with warehouse management systems, like uh, you know, temporary storage locations and things like that. But ultim ultimately, we're looking to uh, optimize the travel paths uh, within the facility, no different than a transportation management system does it outside the facility. Does that make sense? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. The, 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 uh, the real value of this system is the algorithm that takes all these different factors into place. The voice part of it, okay, the headset that speaks the instructions to operators, and the microphone where they speak back the uh, you know, information that tells the system whether or not they completed the task at hand accurately and when they did complete it, that's basically an extension. That, that's what you, we use to uh, not require operators to have to slow down or stop to view or enter data, which is good, but that's only gonna get you about 10 to 15% return on your investment. You add this algorithm into the, uh, into your operations, and that's where we're going, okay, not only are we looking at 10 to 15%, now we're looking at 20, 25, 30%, all depends on the situation. 
Okay. Anything else? Yeah, and how are we doing on time? This, this clock here is kind of going all over the place. Looks like we're 20 minutes in. Okay. Thank you. So here, uh, here's our simu simulation, quick simulation. I'm not going to keep you here too long. Basically, what I did is I put together a uh, representation of what our software does in PowerPoint, so it's not all sexy and all that stuff. But it, it involves a facility that has one shipping bay, okay, two trucks making a total of, uh, uh, two trucks making a total of two stops each day. So you have two routes and two stops on each truck. We have 24 pallets or racks produced, but we only have enough space to stage 13 of them. And then we are producing three products. So just say we're producing you know, white bread, wheat bread, or, and uh, rolls. Or in this case, we're going to, we're actually working with an egg distributor now. So we included the fact that, we included this image here uh, of eggs just for that very fact. And uh, so let me get to the next slide. And what, uh, what I'd like to set up here is you have, I mentioned three different products. Dark blue would be, would be like medium eggs. Gold would be large eggs. Light blue would be jumbo eggs, okay? This company that we're working with now, they have to produce, they only have one cleaner and, and uh, cartonization line, so they have to do one size egg first, the next size second, and the, the, the last size third. And within each of those, and they pick, they, they, they uh, uh, produce their eggs to pallets. So within each pallet, as I display, you're going to see R1, that means route one, you're going to see S2, that means stop two. On this side, it's a traditional method, whether it be handheld computers, paper. This side is the optimized uh, voice algorithm. And you'll see that as we produce pallets, how the voice side is actually much, much more efficient than the, say, handheld computer side. First pallet produced traditionally would get staged. But with the voice system, it knows the truck, an empty truck is there. So it, it directs, not a truck loader, but the actual production coordinator, person who's taken the pallet off the production line, says, hey, go right to that truck and deliver that pallet on the truck. No need to stage it, so it needs to be touched twice. It's ridiculous. Second pallet produced also immediately gets loaded into the truck. Now. The second pallet produced in the traditional side, I have the first two pallets being staged. You think that one may be loaded now, by now, but what I did is I built some lag time into both sides. So both sides have, have equal lag time associated with them. But because the production coordinator and not a truck loader was directed to load those first two pallets, we eliminated that lag for at least the first two pallets. Okay, the third pallet being produced. The third pallet move, I should say, on the traditional side is to load the first pallet produced to the truck. 
by a truckloader. The third pallet move on the voice side was to stage the uh, first pallet, or the yeah, the first pallet for the first route, route one, and stop one. Because it can't be loaded on the truck yet. It needs to wait until all of stop two has been loaded before stop one can be loaded. Does that make sense? So what I'm going to do is go ahead and just let this guy take off, and we'll see how he works. Okay, so right here, same number of pallet moves on both sides. The only difference is the pallets on this side, the voice side, are much more efficient. So we get, right now we have first truck fully loaded with this algorithm within our voice solution. Traditional side barely have the first truck half loaded. Big difference. Big difference when you don't, and, and really the majority of this, of the savings so far, are just the fact that we're allowing the production coordinator, we're directing the production coordinator to load the pallets directly to the truck when it's ready, as opposed to staging those pallets for a truckloader to have to come up and pick it up. Okay? That's overproduction, it's redundancy, it's waste. Anytime you're, you're moving product, you want to touch it once and only one time, and that's what we're, we're, we're stressing right here. Now we'll get into, I'm going to go into let it go again, and I'll show you a couple other things that are a big benefit and uh, actually uh, buttress the uh, you know, touching of pallets only once as opposed to twice or more times. So the second truck is now, the first truck is pulled out on the voice side, the second truck has backed in. And the first thing we notice, I have those two pallets highlighted. The fact that it, what happened there is the second stop on route two, the pallets for the second stop on route two were blocked. So what the system does, it knows that, hey, this pallet contains this product in this quantity. If that pallet was originally allocated to route two, stop one, but it's now blocked, if I have another pallet for a different route and or stop, I can switch the allocation on the fly. We print out a pallet label in real time. They slap that pallet label onto the pallet, overlaying the pallet label that was originally affixed uh, uh, during the production process. And we just effectively eliminated at least one additional pallet move because we could substitute one pallet for the other. Okay? Yes, sir. Same, same product and same quantity, absolutely. Which isn't, you know, which isn't a stretch in the, at, as far as this egg distributor goes because most of their pallets are pretty much cookie cutter. Okay? So we'll continue on here. Again, same number of pallet moves on each side. The, the uh, truck, second truck using voice, fully loaded now. Only the first truck with your traditional method has been loaded. And again, I don't know if you saw it, but some of those savings were due to pallets being blocked and additional 
uh, moves being required. Let me see if uh, I can highlight. Uh, we're going to continue, and I'll see if, if there's anything else that jumps out at us. So the second truck has already pulled out, and we've loaded the first pallet to the second truck on the traditional side. And we're just going to take this process to the end. So you'll see when we get to the next slide, There's a little typographical error on the next slide, so I apologize. Now the second truck on the traditional side has finally been loaded. Basically, that should be 56 there. 56 pallet moves required on the traditional side. Only 40 pallets required on the voice side. We were able to improve the, uh, or increase productivity by 29% with that algorithm. It doesn't take anything, any other value that voice directed work provides, like not having to stop to look at screens, not having to type in quantities. It doesn't, take, doesn't even take that into consideration. So add another 10% to that, you're looking at 39% increase in productivity. Time to load is just another metric to highlight that based on two minutes to load each pallet. We actually spent 115% less time on the voice side than we did on the uh, traditional side. Okay? Make sense? Okay. And that's a very simple example. The more complicated the scenario, the greater the savings. Okay, so if I can get 39% on such a simple, simple illustration, uh, what can we get in, with, uh, with a company that has numerous uh, doors, numerous products, numerous sites, things like that? The savings will actually multiply. Uh, just, and just to repeat how we do it, we, the software intakes production and customer orders, production schedules and customer orders to create a virtual representation of the facility. Then it does, it pre-allocates those pallets or racks it wants to keep this product for the same routes and stops together because that's what prevents those stops from getting blocked. Then it wants to, after that, then it says, okay, now I want to stage the product closest to the shipping dock because what's that going to do? It's going to reduce travel time during truck loading. So we, we always want to basically save uh, time and motion upstream as much as possible so we can benefit downstream processes. Uh, virtual staging positions, I didn't go into that, but that's a little another secret sauce. A virtual staging position is not a staging position that has been defined out on the floor, but it's a position that the software can take advantage of if it doesn't block travel. So if I have a staging lane here, say they can take hold two, three, four pallets, whatever, and it's against the wall, our software actually take advantage of the space in front of the staging lane to tempor temporarily stage a pallet because, we're not, because that pallet is not going to block travel time. So that's another little, little uh, you know, secret sauce within that algorithm that can really drive efficiencies. We will uh, prompt if the system ever gets to a situation where it's saying, hey, you know what, this, path, this route and stop needs to be loaded, but it's, it's going to be blocked. Well, we can direct the operator, we will direct the operators, 
to proactively move pallets before a truck loading begins so those pallets are available for the truck loaders. We don't want we want to be proactive. We don't want to wait till it's time to load a stop and then find out that the product's blocked. We want to unblock it as much as possible before it comes time for loading. Operators can also move product on their own if they want for whatever reason. Software can't know everything. Uh, so it's not artificial intelligence. So if a, if a, a truck loader or a production coordinator moves a pallet, we track the movement of the pallet so we know where it was and where it went. And we can continue to optimize based on that. Substitute license plates. That's what I showed you. We're same product, same quantity on one pallet versus uh, on two pallets. One was blocked. It needed to be loaded, but uh, because it was blocked, we said, "Okay, instead pick up this license plate, and then we'll print out a new license plate in real time and load that to the to the truck." And then you can even direct the staging and picking up of pallets on their longer short sides. So you take, you make full use of the cube within the trailer. And that's a big, big uh, plus for this egg distributor who normally loads product that way. They load product that way to begin with. But what happens is the truckloader comes, scoops up the pallet, drives to the shipping dock, drops the pallet, and then reorients his forklift to pick it up on either the short or long side for loading on the trailer. Well, if we can do that while we're staging product, okay, then we can eliminate the need for your truck loaders to have to do that. You have to be careful. That throws a wrench, though, anytime you do substitute items. So we, it's, the system's configurable where if you're doing substitute items, chances are you're not going to take advantage of this, you know, uh, uh, staging a pallet on its longer short side because substitute pallets will throw a wrench into that and kind of, you know, um, things will become dynamic at that point in time and we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves by staging product one way or the other uh, because it could have changed between the time it was staged and the time that it becomes loaded. Does that make sense? Okay. And that is it. That's everything. Um, any questions? Any uh, feedback, anything like that? No? Just uh, yeah, if there's anything uh, I can say is if you're in this type of industry uh, and, you, and you do run into limited storage space for products that, that's been produced, please don't hesitate to look us up. And uh, that's it. Thank you for your time today.